It's time for JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. This is how you do radio in a professional sports town, and this hasn't been a professional sports town. It was just UNLV basketball for how many decades? Now you got the Raiders, and you got the Golden Knight. It's Big Boy Radio. JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? My radio show's a little bit more intense. It gets a little bit more crazy. It gets a little bit more emotional. It's Big Boy Radio. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a busy show today. Thanks for listening on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on the dial. You could yell at Alexa like I do in my house and say, put on Raider Nation Radio, and it pops on in the backyard all throughout the house. Or you can listen on the Raiders mobile app, which is really the key to this whole thing. That Raider fans anywhere around the world can click on the Raiders mobile app and just hit the radio icon and hear the show. And that's important for Raider fans in New Jersey, in Florida, in the Midwest, especially in the Bay Area, where the Raiders were treated with tremendous disrespect most of the time on flagship stations that had other motives with other teams in the market there. And now we don't have that in Vegas. Raiders have their own flagship, which they work with. They invite us in the studio in Henderson, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and they want it to work. And it's only going to work with you. Raider fans, you got to make it work, man. This has got to be a part of your day, part of your life. Whatever show you like, hopefully the whole lineup here and participate because there's something to talk about every day in the Raider Nation. Thanks to PTs, they fuel the monologue of the place where I go, SG, at the corner of 215. And Flamingo, right at the top, if you're getting on the 215 at the top of Flamingo, it's right there. Fantastic restaurant bar. All the games are on. You can eat outside or inside. I love their lunch menu and 64 other locations here in the Valley. So my job every day is to find out what you want to talk about. But the problem is this time of year, it's not hard. It's not more difficult. It's just you got to look a little bit harder because there's not a lot of big things happening. I was on the radio last night on Sirius XM, and there were no games other than college baseball and Major League Baseball. There's no NFL. The Warriors are done. And there was a hockey game that wasn't on. You know, hockey's on tonight. It wasn't on last night. So we are what is in a term called the dead zone, which I invented well over a decade ago. And we try to, everybody in our business, we try to get to like mid-June to the end of July, and then everything is just beautiful, man. It is downhill. It is easy, man. I don't put out oil fires for a living. I'm not in the military. I'm not a cop. I don't put my life on the line. I mean, just talking sports. But, you know, we have a <laughs> we have a difficult time sometimes in the summer, and I like to elevate my game. I like to do my best shows this time of year to prove that we don't have to do lame radio and poll questions and all of that. I mean, I'll, I'll do a poll question here and there. You know, I'll, I'll do this or that, but I want the show to be important. So I mix it up. I got Johnny Katz today, the elite entertainment reporter in town. There's a lot happening in Vegas this weekend. We put him on because we want you to know what's going on in Vegas, from pool parties to concerts to brand-new casinos, hotels opening. He's the guy. So he's going to join us. Bill Williamson, Raider insider for close to a quarter century. I go way back with Bill. He's always got some Raider nuggets to come on in. Kurt Heelan, basketball talks, my go-to NBA guy, as Kyrie Irving and LeBron, and there's some talk in the NBA as we have that today. And Alvis Wittett, former Raider, is going to join us at the bottom of the hour, and we're going to talk to him about his career and Alvis Witted right now is a receiver coach at the University of Wisconsin. That's a big-time job. Wide receiver coach 
at the University of Wisconsin, and he played for the Raiders from 2002 through 2006. And he's had a nice career, so he's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. And then whatever you want to talk about, if there's something from Live Golf, or you want to talk about the Aces, saw the cover of the paper, the biggest collapse in WNBA history in a game, anything is wide open here, UNLV football. I sat with the coach, Marcus Arroyo, at the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, my wife, his wife. We had dinner together, really pulling for UNLV football to get going, and hopefully they do this year. But today I'm going to lead with Roger Goodell's testimony, which was damn good today. Oh, was that good. Roger Goodell, not Daniel Snyder, he declined. Roger Goodell decided to testify in front of Congress over a Zoom. Okay, virtually he did it. He wasn't there. And this was really good stuff because Roger Goodell's got a lot of explaining to do. But this was a specific hearing on the misconduct of the Washington Commanders under their owner, Daniel Snyder. So he knew he was going to go in there and get peppered and have to deal with all of this earlier today. And that's what the commissioner gets paid to do. Andrew Brandt, the former Packer executive, said he believes Goodell makes $50 million a year. Might be 45, but it's between 45 and 50 million. It's kind of more than Steph Curry and LeBron James, and it's right up there with Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. And his job is to protect the owners. So let's start with that. Roger Goodell's job is he represents the owners. He's the talking piece for the owners. And typically, the owners want to protect each other. Can you imagine what the world would look like in the NFL if seven, eight, nine owners at a time were fighting to keep their ownership? If there was absolute chaos, because the owners wake up every year, all the owners, from Mark Davis to the owners who have been here a lot longer than him, and their net worth goes up by like 100 to $200 million because of the television contract. If you don't screw up your team, and I'm not talking wins and losses, if you don't screw up your team like Daniel Snyder, your franchise that you might have paid as little as hundred grand for back in the day, or maybe a billion dollars, I mean, the Denver Broncos just sold for $4.5 billion. And that helped out every owner because everyone else's franchise went up in value by a couple hundred million dollars. But Daniel Snyder is going to lose his franchise. I've been reporting that for quite some time because I believe in all of sports radio, all of sports radio nationally and locally, I'm more up to date on this topic than everybody because I'm friends and I work for Mark Davis. I'm friends with John Gruden, and the guy who hired me was Bruce Allen. That's the guy that got all his emails, 650,000 emails, the guy who hired me in the middle of the night. So I know all the players in this scenario, so I'm well-versed on the topic. I have Mike Florio on the show, as you know. He's the only guy with the courage to talk about this topic in the NFL. You can't count on NFL media covering this story. So I watched this earlier today, and man, was it juicy. Was there a lot to talk about earlier today? And a little bit of it was grandstanding. I believe that Congress, the U.S. government, should get involved with sports when sports can't police itself. Let me repeat that again. If a sports league is out of control and they're doing crazy things, the only people that can stop them is Congress. No one else can stop them. A television network can't stop them, ESPN or Fox. No one can control it. So the last place at the very end, when these leagues get out of control and they can't police themselves, is Congress. And Congress has the ability to do a lot of things. Now, lately, because our country is so damn divided politically, and we were, poli- you know, we were divided before the Civil War, 
and at different times before, after World War II, whatever you want, Vietnam, Watergate with Nixon. There's always been divisiveness in any era. But now it's really wild because more and more people are politically triggered. Your friends and some people you know were rational human beings like four, five, eight, ten years ago, and now they're not. You have to turn them off on Facebook. You don't take their phone calls anymore. If you go away on vacation and they talk politics, you go, not here. Not here. I'm on the beach. I'm drinking Modelo's, and you want to talk politics. So I make sure that I only talk politics and sports when politics invade sports, and it did today. So here's Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida, who was grandstanding today because you you won't believe what he said. I'm about to play it for you. He's a congressman. He's on the oversight committee. He's in the room. He's there to observe and to have questions, and he opens up with these comments. Madam Chair, the U.S. Supreme Court case, U.S. versus Watkins, makes clear that Congress's investigative power must be related to and in the furtherance of a legitimate task of Congress, especially in light of the, the testimony by Mr. Goodell. How does continuing this hearing actually relate to a legitimate task of Congress in the face of record high inflation, record high gas prices, a completely unsecured border, a fentanyl crisis that is killing more people between the ages of 18 and 45 than any other cause in the United States, a baby formula crisis, a tampon crisis? Madam Chair, the commissioner has just detailed in his own testimony that the, that the Washington commanders, Redskins, whatever you choose to call them, have been held accountable. They've made necessary reforms to the organization. You got a chair here for Mr. Snyder who told the committee he was the not going to be here. The gentleman will suspend. Madam Chair, what is the purpose of this hearing? What is the purpose of this hearing? The gentleman will it won't. suspend. This, has, this is not about a stated parliamentary inquiry that is the parliamentary inquiry madam chair what is the purpose of it you can bang the gavel all you want but i don't really care wow you can bang the gavel all you want i don't really care i care i love this what do you mean i could do a whole show on this without a commercial i can do two hours of this uninterrupted that was great so there's a congressman sitting there with his opening remarks saying what the hell are we doing here well i would have raised my hand and said we're here because The Washington Redskins at the time, who became the commanders, have been out of control. Their cheerleaders were treated in harm's way and disrespected. The owner's out of control. The toxic behavior led by the owner brings this team in front. And the team is from here. We're on Capitol Hill. The team's right down the road, and they're out of control. So we're going to find time to meet them. I mean, this guy, this congressman basically said we should be talking about baby formula and inflation. No, we got plenty of time to talk about that because you and Congress don't get any of that crap done anyway. You can't get that stuff done anyway, so we might as well talk football. So they went up there to talk football. Jim Jordan is a beauty, the Republican. Oh, he was set up here to get clicks. Barstool, Dave Portnoy, the founder of that, listen to this question to Goodell. Thank you, Madam Chair. Commissioner, uh, you believe in the First Amendment, don't you? I do. I mean, all parts of it, all, all, you know, all rights we have, your right to practice your faith, your, your right to petition the government, right to assemble, freedom of press, freedom of speech. You, you, you believe in all that? Yes, Congressman. Why do you ban Dave Portnoy from NFL games? Pardon me, I couldn't hear your question. Why do you ban Dave Portnoy from NFL games? He's a journalist. In fact, he's a sports journalist. Why is he banned? Uh, Congressman, I'm not familiar with that uh, issue. I'm happy to really? check with my staff, but I'm not aware of that. Yes. 
Well, I think, I think we're That's all correct. aware of that. We're all aware of that. I mean, he interviewed, interviewed the President of the United States, interviewed President Trump in the White House. It seems to me if you can get into the White House, you should be able to get into a football game, particularly as a member of the press and, and a member of the sports press. You don't know anything about that? I don't, sir. That's kind of hard to believe. Dave Portnoy put together the Roger Goodell clown shirts. The clown shirts with the big red nose banned him from games, and Roger Goodell is in front of Congress saying he's not aware of that. That was interesting. I, I don't think Roger Goodell expected that question, so he didn't have a prepared answer. And when you're in front of Congress, you have to have prepared answers. You know, when, when you're talking to a journalist or you're Phil Mickelson at the U.S. Open, he wasn't prepared. You know, you're supposed to have answers to the questions, especially when you're all suited up and you're in front of Congress. So basically it was a circus. And then Rashida Tlaib, the Democrat out of Michigan, asked uh, Roger Goodell about Daniel Snyder. She asked Goodell point blank whether he would be removed as owner. And Roger Goodell said, I don't have the authority to remove him. So how do you remove Daniel Snyder? You need three quarters of the owners to remove him. So you need over 75% of the vote of the owners to do that. And I'm reporting, in my opinion, that I believe that will happen. Now, there will be some owners that will side with Daniel Snyder. And why would they do that? Because they want to set a precedent. They don't want to get thrown out. They don't want to get voted out by three quarters of the league. So if they vote to vote out Daniel Snyder, and then it comes around to that owner, he or she, five years from now, You'll have a precedent set where they outvoted and voted out Daniel Snyder. And a lot of owners are going to say, hey, I don't want to deal with that. I'm a multi-billionaire. I got everything going. I got a, I got a Maserati. I got a yacht. I don't want to lose the team. So I don't know what's going to happen here, but Daniel Snyder should lose the team. And that was part of everything that happened today. So there were a lot of questions today. And a little bit of it affects the Raiders because of the John Gruden lawsuit that comes out of this investigation where there was an oral report and not a written report. How come the emails of John Gruden were cherry-picked, cherry-picked by the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal that forced Coach Gruden, who owned up to the emails. I'll never support anything he said in those emails, but he was talking amongst friends in a private setting with guys that he hired in the past, worked with in the past, a bunch of guys you know, getting crude or talking on emails. Maybe you've done that in the past and it's not right. But John Gruden wasn't an employee of the NFL at the time. John Gruden was an employee of a broadcast company named ESPN. So John Gruden won his stake to take this to court, and the NFL just wanted to throw this out and throw it into arbitration, and we'll find out what's going to go on with Coach Gruden when it comes. But there's no accountability now with the NFL. And John Gruden's lawyer said that Roger Goodell's testimony shows the NFL is still resisting actual accountability. Quote, It was apparent from Commissioner Goodell's testimony today that the NFL is still resisting actual accountability and is only willing to be selectively transparent. That came from attorney Adam Hosmer Henner. He said that in a statement today, quote, in the John Gruden lawsuit, the Nevada court comprehensively rejected the NFL and Commissioner Goodell's attempt to compel arbitration and conceal their conduct from the public. If they do appeal, we welcome the opportunity for the Nevada Supreme Court to issue a public opinion confirming the ruling and invalidating the NFL Constitution and their unfair arbitration provisions that they have. John Gruden's fight matters to many more people than just himself, and real accountability won't exist until the NFL's misconduct stops being addressed behind closed doors. So what the John Gruden lawsuit can do 
and the Dan Snyder investigation is it can make the NFL become more transparent. Do we all hear that? Do we have any attorneys who are listening today anywhere that want to touch on this? It's about transparency. If you're going to do an investigation, where's the report? If you're going to do an oral report, you're trying to cover something up. What is going to happen with John Gruden? Are you going to apologize and reinstate him for the ability to work again? Or is John Gruden going to have to go to the highest level and maybe the Supreme Court to clear his name? We don't know. This is going to be a long process. On top of that, yesterday, Deshaun Watson settled on 20 of 24 civil lawsuits. He will not be convicted of any of this in a court of law. He's not being tried for conviction here, but he is settling civil cases. That's another big decision that Roger Goodell doesn't have the ability to make that entire conclusion, but he'll be a part of that. And I've been reporting on this show and my other show that I believe Deshaun Watson will be suspended for a full season. That's firm. If you're listening to anybody else on the radio and they don't have a strong opinion, they say 8 to 12, maybe 6, why are you listening to them? You listen to us because we're supposed to have opinions. My opinion is Deshaun Watson needs to be removed from the league for a year of punishment for his lewd and inappropriate behavior to female masseuses. Do we all get that? If you don't agree with that, I'd be very surprised because you might have a mom, an aunt, or sisters, and this was lewd and crude behavior and more than a consistent pattern. So I'm saying he's going to be out for a year. Roger Goodell's going to have to deal with that. So we got John Gruden's emails. We got Daniel Snyder, who I think the league is going to vote out. Deshaun Watson is going to be out for a year. Uh, And if he's not out for a year, all hell's going to break loose with females who make up a big demographic in the NFL. So NFL's got their hands full, don't they, in June and July? We don't. We're just waiting for the Raiders to come back to Henderson and start practice for training camp. But the NFL's got their hands full. And I'm really interested in all these topics because it indirectly affects the Raiders and the John Gruden resignation. And then I want to know what's going to happen. Is Bruce Allen's name going to be cleared because Daniel Snyder reportedly hired private investigators to besmirch him along with other employees? And that's starting to come out also today. So this is complex, but I think it's a real, unique, gossipy topic that Raider fans should chime in on. And I'll give you the topic today if you'd like to get involved with this. Do you believe that Congress should be involved in sports? I do. If you disagree with me, 702-365-9200. But put your phone call together and make sense, please, if you're going to debate that topic. Don't just say, hey, man, we should be worried about fentanyl and gas prices. They are worried about that. That's 24 hours in a day. But why don't you want Congress to clean this up? And if you're saying because Congress can't clean up their own mess, That's a fair rebuttal, but you're still not answering the question. If Goodell isn't going to clean it up and the NFL is going to try to cover up some of these issues and just get it go away so you could forget about it, then I believe that the authorities need to get involved, and that would be Congress. So that's part of my monologue at 702-365-9200. Great reporting by our friend Vinny Bonsignor in the Las Vegas Review-Journal today. The story says, and Dominican Sue expresses interest in the Raiders team most likely has no desire for the veteran lineman so it jumped out at me it was no desire so Vinny's got strong opinions he writes well and he knows that while appearing Sue appeared on NFL live on Monday and he was the second overall pick in the 2010 draft and he basically made it clear he affirmed that he wants to play for the Raiders and said he's been in contact with some of the players about that possibility quote Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. 
I was exchanging messages with them the other day. Now, why would Dave Ziegler bring in Sue, or why wouldn't he? It's simple to me. Indomic and Sue now is a great player. He's a mercenary. He goes from team to team to team for money, and then he backs it up because he's always available and he plays. The guy barely misses games. He's kind of an Iron Man. He plays a lot of games. He's 35 years old and tweeted the Raiders could be fun. Now, I could do a whole other radio show here on all of the other Raider defensive tackles over the last 20 years who had no impact on the team. Other than, you know, they got a paycheck, they played in some games, the Raiders weren't very good. This organization needs to get the defensive tackle position correct. This organization needs to find a linebacker who can make the Pro Bowl, who is young, and can go sideline to sideline. This organization, now led by Dave Ziegler, who we have a lot of confidence in, needs to find cornerbacks who can catch the football when it's thrown directly at them. It has been a 20-year issue of hemorrhaging for the Raiders because they don't play defensive tackle, they don't have a linebacker that you can remember, and they don't have one cornerback, let alone two, who can catch the ball, like my partner Eric Allen, who had 54 interceptions in his career, Lester Hayes, Skip Thomas, George Atkinson, Jack Tatum at safety, Mike Haynes, the gentleman Raider, one of the greats of all time, Namdi Asamoah, who played for a little bit of time and was athletic, and the great Charles Woodson. Okay, the Raiders need players who are recognizable. And Dominican Sue is recognizable. Now, I've heard some Raider fans tweeting, and I've been listening to other shows, and the issue becomes, what do you do with this? Because you got $20 million in cap space. Do you give it to Waller? Uh, you, you know my comment on that. I don't get involved in Darren uh, Waller's money. I think he's worthy of getting a contract extension, but he, he signed his last contract for that amount of money and proved that he's better than that, but he agreed to terms. So they might make him wait a year. Well, maybe they don't. They come in with a new deal as training camp opens. I don't know. We'll find out about that soon. And then another Raider fan reached out to me who I respect a lot, and he said, well, we don't need Indomitian and Sue because we're not a Super Bowl team yet. I said, what? Repeat that. He said, well, and Dominican Sue is the type of player you bring in if you're right about to win a Super Bowl like Tampa Bay did, and they won a Super Bowl. He's the type of player. Bobby Wagner goes to the Rams because the Rams won, and they think they can win with them. Odell Beckham Jr. went to the Rams because he wanted to get a chip, wanted to get a ring. The Raiders aren't ready to do that, and I pushed back. And I said, if the Raiders aren't willing to sign in Dominican Sue, then why'd they sign Devontae Adams? Why'd they bring in Chandler Jones? Why didn't they just wait for two years from now and give it to the next group of guys if they're not ready for the Super Bowl? The Las Vegas Raiders are Super Bowl ready. They probably won't win the Super Bowl. Las Vegas and the bookmakers don't think they're going to win eight and a half games. But they have a core group of players on both sides of the ball who are just as good as the Cincinnati Bengals that went to the Super Bowl last year. And three years ago, the Bengals had two wins. Then they had four wins. Then they went to the playoffs. So as Vinny points out, most likely, he's not saying it's a guarantee. He said most likely they have no desire. Probably because Vinny, and I don't want to put words in his mouth. He's on the radio. The Raiders have cap space money left. And as I've been reporting to you on the flagship, I think the Raiders have to get an offensive lineman on cutdown day who can start. They don't need to get an offensive lineman to fill in the blanks and play second-team football. The Raiders are going to have to go out and get an offensive lineman 
who can come in and play and is ready to go. And I think they should have a little bit of money stashed aside when that player is cut and however they're going to figure it out and get me a recognizable name in at right tackle or left guard, wherever they're going to put them, who's so good that they could start and for whatever reason the other team lets them go because they have depth at that position. That's the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. You'll hear me talk about botanist gin and what the botanist gin means and how great it is as a new summer refreshing drink. I talked for 25 minutes without a breath. I'd like to hear from someone on one of the six topics I laid down. We'd like to hear from you on this show. If not, I got it covered. Alvis Witted will join us next, former Raider wide receiver. Bill Williamson, Raider insider. And we'll get you in here as we're ready to roll. Uh, Raiders are excited and starting Monday, the summer of Cliff Branch. In association with the Las Vegas Raiders, the Branch family, and this radio station, we are going all Cliff Branch. Every show I'll have Cliff content, sound bites, highlights as we count down to his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Long overdue, it could be one of the biggest parties in Raider history. This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, their system is, um, you know, our system is different than anything I've been in before. And you, But you see, once you're in it, you're like, wow, I see why it was so successful, you know. Just like anything else, once you get in, you know, in Gru's offense, I was like, wow, I see you know, why he was successful with this, you know. And and obviously Josh has a great track record of, of success and, um, you know, scoring points and all that kind of fun stuff. And, um, you know, it's exciting to be coached by him. Uh, he's very demanding, um, but he's also really fun to be around. You know, our meetings are great. Um, you know, he, he's from day one, you know, since the first phone call, uh, told me he's been very honest. He's been very open, um, and I appreciate that as a player. Derek Coron, Josh McDaniels, we're brought to you by the M Resort Spa and Casino. I will tell you about Killer Queen, a tribute to Queen coming up this Saturday. But Albus Witted, kind enough to join us, wide receiver coach now for the Wisconsin Badgers, former Raider wide receiver. And I'm going to call you coach, coach, because you got a big-time job, and I know you have limited time. How are you? Coach, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Tell me about the job first. You got a big time job, Big Ten, massive program. How did that come about, and how much are you loving this position in your life? Oh man, I'm I'm truly blessed to be here. Uh, I'm going into my third season here in Madison. Uh, prior to that, in 2019, I was uh, I was a receivers coach for the Packers, and uh, you know made my way down here, and uh, it's it's been it's been amazing. I have a great staff. Uh, Paul Chris is a, is a, is an outstanding coach. Um, we have a great, great culture here. Great kids, uh, smart, tough, dependable, and uh, they play play really good football here. So, um, you know, really excited about just the direction that we're going as a football team and as a and as a and as a staff. And it's been great. It's been really, really good. I'm looking at your career after being a wide receiver in the NFL with UCLA, Colorado State. You get to the Packers, now the Badgers. Was that just a good fit for you and your family in Wisconsin there? Why was this move a no-brainer for you coming off the Green Bay Packers? Well, you know, unfortunately, uh, things, you know, 
they wanted to go in a different direction, you know, up, up there. And, and so, uh, you know, once Paul found out that I was, uh, you know, available, he, uh, he called me and I came down and interviewed and, you know, for me, it was a no brainer. Number one, I could stay in the state of Wisconsin. And, and secondly, you know, being at a quality big 10 program, who's known for, um, you know, winning and the culture. And that was the thing that attracted me the most. Um, you know, when I first got here, the, the kids here were just player led, great culture. Um, and they work hard. They, they play hard and, and it's just really good football here in the big 10. And, um, you know, you have an opportunity to have your name in the playoff every year as well, too. So. Absolutely. It's a great program. Fantastic. Congratulations. As we have limited time, I want to go back to your college career at North Carolina State and the way you ran track as a senior, the 100 and 200 uh, state champion here, 10-2 in the 100, 20.3 in the 200 meters. We know the history of the Raiders and Al Davis wanting speedy wide receivers. You come into the league with Jacksonville, Atlanta before the Raiders. Did track help you? Did that help you become an NFL player? I, I tell you what it did, but I got to correct you on those times. 10.02. Yes. Right. 20.04 <laughs> oh. 20. in the 200. But, no, yes, it did. It gave me a great base. Um, it gave me a great uh, identity of, of knowing how to compete. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate to, uh, to, to do both sports at NC State. And I think I feel like I did a great job of representing, you know, both, you know, academically and, and athletically on, in football and track. So it, it did give me a, an opportunity to uh, use track and field as a, as a means to uh, springboard my career in the NFL. And I didn't start it, you know, at mm-hmm. receiver. I make, had to work my way up. Special teams was my end, and uh, from there, you know, whatever opportunity I had at receiver, I just tried to make it count, and uh, I was very fortunate to play with some amazing players, especially once I got to Oakland. You know, Tim, Jerry, mm-hmm. um, you know, Joey, uh, uh, Joey, Jerry Porter, you know, um, gosh, you know, Moss was there, and, mm-hmm. and just the team when I first got there, was it was just unbelievable vets who knew how to win, who knew how to play football. And um, what an amazing experience at a first-class organization. As we wrap it up, tell us about the AFC Championship, the Super Bowl run, early in your run with the Raiders. You mentioned some of the players. What were some of your fondest memories on the field, special teams, and when you played receiver? My my fondest memories were just the the team in general. Mm-hmm. You know, Rich Bannon was our quarterback. Uh, you know, having Tim and Jerry and, and – Charlie Garner and Tyrone Wheatley, um, you know, we had some really amazing players. You know, we had both of the Woodsons. You know, we had Rod Woodson. We, mm-hmm. I mean, we had Charles Woodson. We had, we, had, we had a great, great team. And that was the thing that I was really, truly proud of to be a part of was, you know, a veteran team that took the young guys under their wings and, and knew how to win and, and showed the other guys the way. And that was the, that was the beautiful thing about that football team and, and, and and Mr. Davis was just, you know, I couldn't even begin to tell you how good he was to me and, and my family. And just, he was just, he was an owner's owner and he knew mm-hmm. his players. Can you share one Al Davis story with us on a personal note and the impact that he had on your life? Mark Davis, Mrs. Davis are here, you know, the ownership now, but the relationship with Al Davis and how it changed your life? Well, the first thing I'll say is this. When I first got to Oakland, he, Mr. Davis was a very smart man. He knew who he was investing in. He knew the type of person and the players that he was going to bring to that team. 
So I knew he did his research on me. He do all of my track accolades. And that really impressed me as a young player uh, coming to an organization. And and the last thing was, you know, when we, you know, after the Super Bowl, you know, I had an opportunity to have my mom there with me. Mm-hmm. And he took the time out of his, his schedule, or he took time to, you know, didn't know my mom, but said, I can see where your son gets his work ethic. And that made my mom's whole like life because she knew what she poured into me and for me to be a part of that that experience just made her just made her day so and i appreciate that and then lastly you know when i was done playing in oakland he cared enough about us you know to reach out and say hey you know how can i help or how can what, what were some things that you know you experienced that could help us better as an organization that 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 spoke volumes of who he was, just as a person, and then as a as a as a as a coach and as an owner. So, I've been very blessed to be a part of that. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Last one. I know you got to go. What does it mean for you to always be considered a Raider? <laughs> it means everything because, like I said, what a what a first class organization who who's been a part of so many championships. And that knows football and, and, and knows people. And um, I'm, I'm just very blessed that I had the opportunity to be a part of, you know, a, a coaching staff. My position coach was a Hall of Famer. Um, had a Hall of Fame head coach, Art Shell. You know, he's one of the one of the four of my five of my time there. But um, just the memories and the experiences that I've were that I was able to be a part of. It's it's you know dream come true and i'm very thankful for that can't wait to see in vegas my wife is fighting illini my side of the family not mine my (laughs) wife is fighting illini i gotta catch an illini badger game and get a credential and say hi to you on the field coach congratulations on all your success and thanks for joining us we really appreciate it i appreciate you thank you guys you got it albus witted former raider wide receiver and a great guy what a job Wide receiver coach for the University of Wisconsin. How about those Al Davis stories on the Super Bowl team? Rod Woodson, Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Rich Gannon. Really appreciate that, and we appreciate the M Resort Spa and Casino. Let me tell you what's coming up this weekend. Killer Queen. They pay tribute to one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Come see Killer Queen perform at M Resort. That's June 25th. Doors open at 7. Showtime at 8. And it's going to be amazing. Uh, $25, and it'll be worth it. Come on in. Stop by first at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. See a really good show and have a great time. Thanks to the M Resort Spa and Casino. Proud partner. One of the many proud partners on our show. And one that means so much. And they're putting on great shows at the pool. And inside, so you'll have a good time if you go there. And Raider Nation, you know how to get to M Resort. You saw us there last year for the post-game show, pre- and post-game show right there at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. All right, when we come back, Bill Williamson, Raider Insider. Guy knows as much about the Raiders as anyone who covers the Raiders. He'll be a part of our elite insiders that we're hopefully all bringing back this year, including Vinny Bonsignor, who's on in the mornings now. And he's going to be joining us once a week as part of the rotation here in his new role. Very excited about that. JT, rolling today. Let's hear from the Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. Do you want Indomitian Sioux?
um, as, at the very moment, I have two years left on my deal. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, in the negotiation phase and, uh, let my agent with the team handle that. Um, just focused on getting ready for camp. Yeah. But Devonte took all the money. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, man, we'll see. We'll see. JT, back with you. Darren Waller on the Dan Patrick Show. JT, back with you. Good to have you. Bill Williamson, the great Raider insider, joins us every couple of weeks and wanted to reach out with him before the start of training camp. And, Bill, there's really two big topics I want to go with you. You just heard Darren Waller uh, knowing there's a new regime with Dave Ziegler. They know how good Waller is, but he was hurt last year. Do you think he gets his extension before or during camp? Or do you think they sit it out and wait till next year? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And if I have, I hate to it just, just be guessing my answer, but I would think next year. And I think partially it's because he seems to be cool with it. You know, he seems to understand. And he's been doing all the right things and, and saying all the right things, but most important, doing the right things and showing up and saying, hey, and he's not, you know, and he's been on our podcast, and he's not disagreeing with the notion that he's underpaid. He's not the one waving that flag, but he's acknowledging it, and he is. I think he's number 17 in tight ends, and it's ridiculous. Um, but he's also saying, one, you know, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be a good teammate, I'm going to be a good leader. So I think, I think he knows, you know, his time will come. So I don't know if there's any urgency there on his end. So if there's not going to be an urgency on his end, why should there be an urgency on, on the team's end? But with that said, I'm sure if the team gave him a market deal this summer, he would, he would take it. You know, it's really interesting to me because we're talking about Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and their history with New England and the tight end position. And Gronk retired yesterday, and he's top three all time, no debate. And he got paid well, but after the Aaron Hernandez debacle and what happened in his life, you know, they didn't have a deep budget into the other tight end opposite of Gronk and the depth of that position. And, you know, Foster Moreau's there now. You bring in Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro gets his extension along with Max Crosby and Derek Carr. And Darren agreed to sign that contract. But when he did sign the extension a couple of years ago, it's because he came off the practice squad and was really a nobody who had drug problems and then proved to be a standout star and knew he needed to take the money then. He had to get more money, so I don't begrudge him for that. But he's outperformed that contract, but I don't know if that's in the eyes of Dave Ziegler. I don't know if they want to see more or not. A lot of the fans think they saw enough. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you can you make the argument they weren't there, but they went there for uh, Crosby and they made him a yep. priority, our priority and them for a priority. Uh, We'll see. You can't pay everybody. Though. I know the Rams do, but he, you know, every every roster is its own its own entity, and um, we will see. I don't think it's a problem yet, though. I think you know. Let's see next year, and they'll get more cap room, and maybe they can figure it out. I'm actually been impressed that they've gotten so many people done already. I mean, you know, again, Clark Cosby, Renfro, Adams, and Chandler—that's pretty good work. Chandler yeah. Jones, excuse me. That, that's good work. That's five big-time contracts. The Raiders have a lot of big-time contracts out there. The Rams, again, go back to the Rams because they're the kings of spending money in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have three players that are averaging $25 million a year in the contract. There's Bill, 12 teams that don't have any, and there's two with two, and that's 
the Rams, excuse me, the Browns and the Raiders. So the Raiders, you can't say Mark Davis isn't spending money. He is. No. No, he's been very aggressive. Bill Williamson's our guest, covers the Las Vegas Raiders for SB Nation, NFL writer for 26 straight seasons. That's one hell of an accomplishment. So I know you wrote about Indomitian Sue, and for me, he's been a mercenary. And he went to Tampa Bay and got a Super Bowl, and he was great in Detroit on a really bad team and bad franchise, and he's bounced around. But he still has something. I love his durability and his availability, which we didn't see with Trent Brown. And we didn't see with other players who came here and they wanted to play and get paid. So I don't know if you don't pay Sue what he believes is the fair market value. Are you going to get him mentally happy about the deal? He obviously wants to play for the Raiders, but I would agree the Raiders don't want to break the bank and bring him in here on the back end of his career. Where do you stand on Sue? Yeah, I mean, he's 35. He is still a special player in his role. But yeah, I remember in his role. Um, they have a lot of defensive tackles. They put in a lot of defensive tackles. Don't have a ton of money. He is a guy who is, you know, he's a real good chance he goes to the Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's also would be a member of the fictional NFL Business Hall of Fame. This guy is a smart guy. He has yes. a lot of money invested outside. He's, he's really in tune with that. And he's, because of that, he waits till he gets a, a fair market deal. He... And he always gets paid. If you look at his contract history, it's very impressive. Yeah, he bounced around, but he's always been paid, and he's waiting around. So I guess it's just par for the course for him. And and this this is not a negative. That's not a knock on him. Mm-hmm. He is just a very savvy, patient businessman. So while he certainly when he was on ESPN the last couple of days and, and, and on Twitter, he was marking himself. He was selling his, letting the Raiders mm-hmm. know he was interested and talking about. Chandler Jones and, and Max Crosby, you know, being in contact with him. But I think a lot of fans get so rude by that and romanced by, oh, this, the players want this guy. The players don't really have a say. Not at all. So, you know, it's, that's just a, a byproduct of social media, mm-hmm. you know, that we, we hear the players' voices. Um, but they don't have a say. What, what, who has say, of course, in this is, is Ziegler and McDaniels. And unless they have the mutual interest, we're really at a standstill. It really doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't, it was fun for the Raiders fans to hear that Sue would like to be a Raider. But unless those two guys, Ziegler and McDaniels, the feeling is mutual, it's not going to happen. And there was a report by USA Today said there, there was multiple conversations by the team. But there was also two reports by Justina Anderson, a, a national reporter who has a heck of a track record. And then Vinny Bonsignore in Vegas is right there. They're saying there's no, there doesn't appear to be interest at this time. So what do you do? You have conflicting reports. I'm, I'm going to go with Vinny and Josina on that one, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. But, of course, anything can change, but it doesn't appear that it's on the verge of happening. But, again, who knows? Bill Williamson, as we wrap it up. Bill, finally... Really, the flag that I've planted on this show is they got to get another offensive lineman if, if they fall to him. And Dave Ziegler is able to get a player that's cut due to competition after training camp on a good team. And, you know, normally you got a starter, a veteran who's been in the league eight, nine years, and then you draft a couple of players and one's able to go from a backup to a starter. And then that starter 
gets cut for cap-related issues and he's available, and I think the Raiders got to get a guy like that. Is that fair for me to say that they, they can't develop a backup offensive lineman? They got to get a starting offensive lineman that could be a cap casualty. Could that happen? Yeah, or a roster casualty. Like, right. you know, cap casualty in the sense where, hey, we don't know if this guy's going to be a starter. He's making too much money. So let's let's do a smart move. That Yeah, that happens in September all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be wise. I think it's a, I think it's a glaring issue. Uh, just depth. And, you know, I think there's, there's five starting jobs, right? And there's three that are open. So you just got to kind of... Yeah, you got to be flexible, and I think they will be, and it wouldn't shock me if that happens at all. Bill, we'll talk to you around training camp. Always appreciate your analysis. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. See you. Have a good summer. You too, Bill Williamson. You know, I'm trying to get these guys on, but let them breathe. You know, this is what we do here. We try to build this grid and get the best guests for you. And this time of year, I don't want to overextend and put them on a lot because I want to save them for it. It matters most. It matters most during the season when these games are every week and it's do or die, and I want to have these great insiders on. And that's why we're going to do some Cliff Branch programming throughout the summer so we can have some conversations with his former teammates and players who played with Cliff and have a party for him. Thanks again to Bill Williamson, as that is brought to you by Grimaldi's, best beats I ever had. Are the locations for here in the Valley. I go to Boca. My sons are here. Uh, they want the Grimaldi's gift cards. I make them do chores. Hey, man, if you want to get two pies and a Brooklyn Bridge and a calzone, you got to do something. You got to clean up in the backyard. They're eating me out of house and home. They want the Grimaldi's gift cards, and I hold them close to my heart because they're eating me out of house and home. And then when they do something good, and they're good kids, but they're home from college, I whip out the 50, and they go there. They get a couple of pies. They eat there. They get a calzone to go, and they love it. It's the best pizza I ever had, and I'm from New York. No disrespect to your other favorite pizza places. Calm down at your other favorite pizza restaurants. When I go to Grimaldi's, it's the best I've ever had. And they have a great one in Brooklyn that I've been to because they're a proud partner of the show. Hour number two coming up, Johnny Katz, the Las Vegas Review-Journal entertainment reporter. He's got a lot to say. There's some concerts coming in. I'm going to see Primus play at Virgin Hotels as they do a tribute to Rush. Farewell to Kings. Very excited about that show. That'll be this weekend. We talked about Killer Queen. They're going to be performing at M. There's a lot happening this weekend. A lot of celebrities in town. There's some rumors on some resort corridor. Announcements coming up. Johnny Katz will join us. Also, Kurt Heelan, our basketball insider. And phone calls at 702-365-9200. Raider Nation Radio. Raider Nation Radio.